0: That's a pretty light. It's blinking. Oh, God. I'm surrounded by blinking lights on all sides.
1: It's the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm Alan Gerding, and with me... It's me. It's you. Your neighborhood-friendly Lindsay Road. Lindsay Road. Someone that most people don't care about yet. Yet. They're really going to care about you soon. Soon. It's coming up. On this episode, we're going to talk about International Tabletop Day, because it was just International Tabletop Day just a couple days ago. Woo! Woo! It's amazing. I spent my tabletop day in New York City, and I went to a bunch of places. I'll be talking about that later. What did you do for International Tabletop Day? Anything, Lindsay?
0: Oh, yeah. I went to Gigabytes. Shut up.
1: We're going to talk about that later on, too. Hey, interesting little fact about me, number 22. I love April Fools, and I think you know that firsthand now, Lindsay.
0: Oh, yeah, I do know that firsthand. Thank you for bringing that up for the wide world to find
1: out about. Hey, well, we don't have to talk about how I April Fooled you because... I was so bad.
0: You got me so good.
1: (laughs) I guess we're going to have to tell the story. I'd like to hear from your point of view because I've never actually heard it from your point of view.
0: From my point of view?
1: Yeah. Oh, from like
0: the scared wilting point of view. (laughs) All right. So April Fool's, I don't even know how to start this. So Alan and I are really, really good friends.
1: This is true. That's why I feel comfortable telling you to shut up. Everyone else thinks I'm just an asshole because they don't know the inner workings of our relationship.
0: Right. They don't
1: know how you like, as we're walking next to each other down the street, you constantly shove me into poles.
0: Right. I mean, they'll see it. They'll see, like, our inner hatred when they meet us in person. Yes. All the tripping and t- pushing into trash cans in particular, I think, has been a-, a classic pastime.
1: Yes. So thanks for that. Let's get to April Fool Because this is our first April Fool's. Whoa! Well, oh, my goodness. You've never experienced Alan during April no, Fool's No, I day. haven't. So so we all
0: have partners. In one case, a wife. And we're really good friends. And we sometimes we stay with each other during cons and stuff to save money and also because it's more fun. I got a phone call... On April Fool's Day, and Alan is begging me to call his wife because his wife thinks that we're cheating on her.
1: Hey, Lindsay, this is Alan. Um, I'm really sorry about this. This is. When you get the chance, I was wondering if you could give my wife a call. I know this sounds really weird, and I'm really sorry about this, but things aren't really great right now, and. Uh, just, uh, long story short, give her a call, let her know all about her friendship and just reassure her. I know this is a lot to ask and I'm really sorry. I just, the little, this little bit of effort right now will make a big difference in the long run and will just get us through this hump. And it's really important. It comes from you and not from me because, all right, long story short, Crystal believes no one that is sleeping with me would have the gall to call her in person. So if you just call her, that would immediately dispel any of those thoughts.
0: Oh! And I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And I panicked and I was like, oh my God, I'll never be allowed to be friends with him again. And I actually was so upset, I left the house to calm down. And I took a walk. Oh, I
1: even heard this part. This uh, yeah, because you
0: never this. heard that like. Because I only talked to your wife afterwards. Yeah, so I took a walk and I ended up calling your wife from a park bench, calling her and like just confirmed that nothing was going on and that I had never met her, but I loved her and to please let us continue to be friends and everything was going to be okay and I would do whatever it took to keep this friendship going. And then I found out that it was just a joke. And that's how I met Alan's wife for the first time.
1: Oh, man. When she looked at the phone, she knew right away. She looked and said, this is an unknown number. What did you do? But you forget that she didn't pick up the first time. You left no, a message. No, she didn't.
0: I left, like, this crazy message. So um, heartfelt
1: that oh she <laughs> listened to this message and she thought, oh my God, what did you do? She's so nice. And so she was already in love with you before she even called you back. But that's when my wife basically just had to explain, listen, if you're going to be Ellen's friend, one thing you got to know, he's an asshole. I going to kill you. But I also thought that was a great introduction.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a cool way to meet your wife, I guess. But like, it works so well just because as a girl that has friends that, you know, tend to run, um...
1: With balls and penis?
0: Yeah, tend to run with balls and penis. And my hobbies tend to run that direction as well. It happens sometimes. (laughs) And it's like always my biggest fear whenever I have a friend who is of the opposite sex is that that is going to happen. So immediately I was right there. I was like, oh no, it's happening again.
1: (laughs) Again? Oh man. I'm sorry it's happened in the past. That's alright.
0: I was just relieved because i honestly thought that we might not be allowed to be friends anymore and that was the most devastating thing i could think of
1: oh um
0: so i was more just relieved and then just super pissed at you (laughs) but then i thought it was funny like 30 minutes later i mean it was all right it was it wasn't like i was gonna strangle you or anything but i definitely am thinking about ways to get revenge
1: yeah that's what i figured i figured it This is a great intro because next year I'm going to get Just make sure you don't legitimately get murdered or something on April Fool's Day Oh man, I
0: will never not know what day is April Fool's again Never, ever again
1: Excuse me, Sam, do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time Hey, Lindsay Saturday was International Tabletop Day! It was! It
0: was my first one that I ever celebrated. Oh, wow. Oh, That was a terrible sentence. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to all listeners, because that grammar might have just killed someone.
1: Well, I hope you, the listener listening right now, enjoyed International Tabletop Day. It really is a good way to boost the tabletop industry, especially the friendly local gaming stores and whatnot. Some people will just play games at home, and that's great. As long as you're celebrating, even if you're not I mean... What am I supposed to be? Some kind of Gestapo that's going to kick in your door? Hey! You're not celebrating! You should be playing tabletop! I'm not going to do that, but it's just a great excuse to really play some new games with different people. So how'd yours go?
0: Oh, it was amazing. Gigabytes is the coolest game store that I've ever personally been to. Gigabytes! It's in, I believe, Marietta, but a bit outside Atlanta, for those who don't know the Georgia area that well.
1: Right. And Pretty much anytime time you're on the show, it's either at a con or we're in Atlanta together
0: Right, for those who don't know, I live in Atlanta But yeah, it was packed It was so packed that the overflow parking lot had gone onto the grass And they were starting to get worried about like capacity dangers And wow. fire marshals showing up Because people literally couldn't get inside It was the most people I've ever seen in a game store Just ever It was mind-blowing how much the industry has grown
1: You got in there
0: Oh, I got in there. I kicked someone out, but I'm motherfucking Lindsay Road. I got in that door.
1: (laughs) How did it smell? Just to be honest, was there It was not bad.
0: It wasn't bad. They definitely had a lot more fans out and stuff. And what I think what really shocked me is that there was more people playing RPGs than there were people playing board games or miniature games. Wow. Which is awesome, but unexpected.
1: That is cool. Maybe some people make it an annual tradition where they just pick up from the campaign in which they left last tabletop day. Oh,
0: Maybe. That'd be kind of cool, actually. What about yours? You were in not Ohio.
1: I was in New York City. I don't know why I said it that way. You were in the Big Apple. I freaking love that city. I visit New York every few years because I have one of my best friends there, Jesse Adlar. He was my brother's college roommate, if you make that connection. He lives in Manhattan, and he probably doesn't want me saying this or whatever. I'm pretty confident he's the wealthiest person I've ever personally got to know. Anyway, because he owns buildings in Manhattan and I think that alone is like oh well you have to be really wealthy to own buildings in freaking Manhattan but this time I stayed with my friend Alex Haig and visited Jesse and Alex Haig we've had him on the show before he's one of the co-designers of Monikers and Monikers just had a really successful shut up and sit down campaign for this shut up and sit down deck
0: yeah it's, it's so exciting.
1: yeah it's good so I got to hang out with him but he lives in Brooklyn totally different experience. I'm so amazed that I never really ventured out of Manhattan, but as soon as I went into Brooklyn, I realized, wow, the city's total. like, Manhattan has a total different cultural feel than Brooklyn. When I was walking down the streets of Brooklyn, it made me think, oh, Sesame Street. It's the classic stoops and the fences, or it's just amazing. I
0: can't remember why you went to New York City, but it was something something to do with board games or something like that. It probably wasn't that big of a deal. You
1: messing with me right now?
0: I'm I'm messing with you right now. Of course I know. <laughs> you play you made a 500 player game. That's insane.
1: Yeah. All right. So there was the Tribeca Film Fest going on. The Tribeca Film Festival kicks off this week and but I'm here to help you right now with the five must-see movies at the festival. First, let's talk about the dark comedy Flower, which stars Zoe Deutsch as a rebellious suburban and about 3 weeks prior to the tabletop day weekend Alex got a message asking him if he was willing to submit some game ideas because they have the Tribeca Game Fest as part of the Tribeca Film Fest. Now this is where it gets kind of dirty because this is also part of Kill Screen, which is another like game programmers conference type of thing and so it's all mixed together with like this Tribeca Film Fest, Game Fest, Kill Screen. Anyway, there's this big concert by Mura Muramasa is playing. They wanted a game for the guest to play. So if you got a ticket, you can go ahead and play this 500 player game. They asked Alex Haig, hey, could you make a 500 player game? He contacted me and said, hey, you want in on this deal? I said, hell yeah. Together we worked on this 500 player game and we called it Cryptocurrency and we were expecting the worst. We were expecting this is going to be during a loud concert. People are going to be going to the open bar. They're not going to give a damn about this. We didn't think near anyone would go ahead and start playing the game. So we planned like 500 people, probably only like 250 will even work their way towards our table where we're hosting the event and of those 250 probably just half of those people are going to actually play the game nope all 500 people were playing this game it was happening before us it exceeded all of our wildest expectations and here's the coolest thing about this it was sponsored by MailChimp so MailChimp is the company that does email client servers for your newsletters. We use it for Tuesday night games. So anytime you get a Tuesday night newsletter, if you sign up on our website, it goes through MailChimp. It's a pretty awesome company and they sponsored it. So they paid Alex and myself to make this game and they offered all these cool prizes for people to win. The game is cryptocurrency. Everyone starts with a packet of currency that was all about cryptids. Are you familiar with cryptozoology, Lindsay? Cryptozoology? Obviously not with your tone.
0: No, wait, wait, I have to take a guess. It is the study of dinosaurs frozen in ice.
1: That's a very healthy guess. It's the study of cryptids cryptids are the monsters that supposedly exist, but no one can find any evidence of besides blurry photos. With that being said, can you name any cryptids, these monsters that are elusive that actually exist, supposedly?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess an example would be where I grew up, there was a legend of a devil hound that would eat you if you went under this bridge. Would that be an example? Yeah,
1: that's a perfect example. What do you think the most popular cryptid is?
0: Is it Bigfoot? It is Bigfoot. It is Bigfoot.
1: It is Bigfoot. But what if you're Scottish, what's the most popular cryptid?
0: Is it the Loch Ness Monster?
1: It is the Loch Ness Monster. Let me double check to see how much of an idiot I
0: am. I was going to say, that seems almost like
1: too cliche. I mean, but yeah, so Scotland, Loch Ness. I'm not crazy, right? That's Scottish, right? I mean, I
0: don't know. There may or may not be a Scottish listener out there i fuming right now, if you're wrong. <laughs> yeah,
1: Scottish Highlands. Loch Ness is a large, deep freshwater loch in the Scottish Highlands, extending for approximately 23 months. Anyway, so the whole premise of the game was that you had some clues that came in your packet as well as cryptocurrency. So imagine as you're walking into this party and Muir playing, you go ahead and you're handed a packet by me, Alan Girding, And I say, Here's your game packet. It's a game that everyone's playing. In it, you'll find a clue and some currency. You gotta work with all the other party goers in order to get some prizes. Want some prizes? It's over at that table. So Alex is working the table where MailChimp offered these vinyl figures of their MailChimp. These amazing MailChimp playing cards. They had MailChimp hats, which we thought no one would want. But that's what most people wanted so badly. Just think of those knit caps that hang down your face and you tie it around your chin, but the head of it looks like a chimpanzee. People go nuts over it. Really? Yes, everyone's working together, and if you had Bigfoot clue one of four, you try to find people that had Bigfoot clue two of four, three of four, four of four. There isn't a single winner, a whole bunch of people win. 500 people can play simultaneously. It was crazy. And seeing people work together was just this magical thing. And as the night went on, people were getting more and more inebriated. It was also sponsored by Tic Tac. We weren't sponsored by Tic Tac. But imagine that there's all this catering going on.
0: Catering by Tic Tac? (laughs) There's just Tic Tacs everywhere.
1: (laughs) Sounds horrible as many tic-tac canisters as you can think of on these cocktail tables. So people were just grabbing handfuls and handfuls of tic-tacs and it was also sponsored by Nutella. So I think these are like sponsors of the Tribeca Film Fest. It was just money, but it was so unforgettable. (laughs) Oh, and if you check out my Facebook, you can see pictures and videos of it. Alan Gerding at Facebook, but thanks for asking. But that was the day before Tabletop. After Tabletop, I got to see some of my other designer friends, not just Alex Haig, but I saw Gil Hova, for instance, at Uncommons, which is a popular game store in Manhattan. I got to play Snippet, Joking Hazard. People really wanted to play World Championship Russian Roulette. Naves came up like, oh, I listen to the podcast. It was one of those somewhat celebrity, as weird as it sounds, feelings. Like, I know what it's like to be Hugh Jackman now.
0: Oh, yeah. I had a taste of that. What? On my Tabletop day. Yeah. the. F- First person ever came up to me and he's like, are you Lindsay Road? And I was like, what? Because I thought I was in trouble because I had like snuck it into this building. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he's like, oh, it's amazing to meet you. Thank you. And they just started to walk away. And I was like, wait a second. You can't just say that. Like, who are you? I'm so sorry. I don't remember. And he's like, oh, I listened to the podcast. I'm a big fan. And I just started sputtering. And like, I went in for a hug, but then I pulled back because I didn't know what to do. And I just looked like an idiot because he was the first person who had ever done that. And his name was Josh. He was the nicest guy ever. Yeah, Josh. I don't know if he knows it, but good job, Josh. You made
1: my weekend. Thanks for listening, Josh. If you're listening to this, thanks for listening. Don't be a stranger. In fact, Lindsay, I have something pretty exciting that you just inspired me to share. Oh, let's hear it. I want to really start a Knave Tonight program where if you're listening to this and you like the show, if you have a good gaming story, any story of your own that you personally find relevant, If you record it and send it to us and it's good enough, we will totally publish it on a segment for our episode. So you want to make sure it's not too long of a story. You want to keep it 10 minutes or less. But if it's a good story and the sound quality is good enough that we're not going to piss off other listeners, we will totally release your story on this podcast. And then we'll say, hey, you're no longer a knave, an official knight. 'Cause you're contributing to the podcast in the most directive ways.
0: Oh yeah, we get to knight some people. I've never I've never been part of a knighting before.
1: You're also gonna be a knight as well, not because you're on the podcast, but you're gonna be at Gen Con with us, aren't you?
0: Yep. Yeah, it's going to be the dream team. It's going to be the Wonder Twins of Gen Con.
1: We're going to make no sales whatsoever because we're probably just going to be shoving each other into trash cans the entire time. Yeah. We're
0: doing overly elaborate high fives.
1: Yes, or playing Assassin constantly. Yes. I'll be working the booth with Lindsay and Sean and some of our other greats. I'd love for people to come out to our Gen Con live recording episode, and I hope you'll be there too, Lindsay.
0: I will, in fact. I can't wait. I'm so pumped for this con season.
1: Oh, man. And it's just about to start.
0: Oh, um, mine already started, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. You yeah. went to... I went it's to not officially chi- a gaming con, though. Isn't it a Comic-Con? No, Where'd it
0: was a C2E2 in Chicago. I checked it out. Saw what kind of uh, tabletop presence is there.
1: What kind of tabletop presence is there?
0: A budding presence.
1: Butting is in, like, a lot of butts?
0: Um, not what I meant.
1: Oh, butting!
0: <laughs> butting. Like a flower. Yeah, yeah, like a growing presence.
1: But go on.
0: <laughs> I did this. Yeah, it was um C2E2 in Chicago. It was huge. I think they said it was numbers close to Gen Con, like eighty to a hundred thousand people. And I, it was my first Comic Con ever. Yeah, it was. Just, it was really cool. There was a little group that was playing tabletop games in the dealer hall and out of it, but tons of video game going on, and celebrities everywhere. People getting in autograph lines, which I had never seen before, and art. So many artists. I was just in heaven. There was just artists for days. It was amazing.
1: We went to Dragon Con together c 23 po 2 whatever the name of the con is. What was it like compared to Dragon Con as far as the gaming presence? Just the same amount? More, it was, less?
0: I would say a little bit less because at Dragon Con, there was a pretty strong werewolf thing going on. Like there were definitely people playing board games on that one floor with the Absolutely. imported Japanese arcade machines. I felt that was definitely a stronger presence than what I saw at C2-E2,
1: which was just a few wow. tables of players. But that's not officially a tabletop con. I feel like International Tabletop Day is a great time to celebrate because for me that is the day that signifies hey con season is starting there was gathering of friends before that but that's only for invites it's not open to the public so the mass public con season is now starting yeah it is and I think you're going to be at every single con I'm at almost annoyingly
0: yep yep I will be stalking you oh be prepared lots of assassinations yeah because I'm not going down again
1: we'll find out hey Lindsay, if they want to find out who you are, they should get in now before you're uber famous as a designer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How would they annoy you?
0: Uh you can annoy me via Facebook, which is just Lindsay Road R O D E at Facebook, or you can bug me on Twitter, which is Lindsay L-I-N-Z-Y- underscore R D, or just search Lindsay Road. Jeez. I know. I I have many Twitter handle regrets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's too late now i already have too many followers to quit i'm on the facebook i'm on the tweets you can check me out at alan gerding a-l-a-n-g-e-r ding you can always write the podcast in fact i hope you do our nave tonight program and send in some audio of your own of a good story and that would be podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com oh man that was Chestbeard. I know you love Chessbeard, Lindsay.
0: I haven't talked to him in a while.
1: Well, he keeps on talking about you.
0: I So I've heard. So I've heard. Lindsay doesn't like Captain Chessbeard. Hey, he's, he's a character. He's definitely a character.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. And I think with that being said, this episode
0: is... Is it... Is it finished? It is Wait, finished. It's finished?
1: it's been it. having
0: so much fun
1: I know I know that's the tease we're uh table <laughs> hey thanks so much Lindsay
0: yeah thanks so much